Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Zweite Bundesliga podcast with me, Johnny Walsh. I hope you're well, I hope you're having a fine morning, evening or afternoon, no matter where you are today and where you are listening to this. Today we're going to get into some chat about Dynamo Dresden, their excellent striker Musa Kone. We're going to talk Fortuna Dusseldorf and how well they've been doing. And we're also going to throw in Falafel Bochum's inability to score. All that and more coming up. And it is with Musa Kone that we will begin. Uh, Dynamo Dresden, what a win for them. They, um, well, Musa Kone, what a performance first and foremost. He was absolutely excellent against Heidenheim and has been ever since he arrived to uh, Dynamo Dresden from FC Zurich. He has um, his runs and positioning for someone of his age are absolutely top drawer and I can only you know expect bigger things from him going into the future I said at the last couple of weeks that him and Lucas Roser have formed a real real partnership and that was abundantly clear again and um, I'm really really excited to see where he can go in the future be it with Dynamo or be it with another club I think the way he plays suits the German game brilliantly and you know if the worst comes to worst and Dynamo go down I think one club's going to be very very lucky to to profit from him next year but equally if Dynamo can stay up him and Rose are together after both have had a little bit of time to bet in that's a really really exciting partnership Heidenheim weren't bad at all and um but they still probably did deserve to lose the game on the night uh Maxi Thiel looked uh, very lively and there was plenty of positives from him Mark Schneider as he usually does caused plenty of problems and um the game could have completely changed had his free kick not hit the crossbar Marcus Schubert had left the ball to go over the bar. Instead, it crashes down onto the joint and out to safety. Quite unlucky there. And I think, you know, based on the game, it was um, it was still a fair result that Dynamo came out on top. But um, Heidenheim did their fair share, uh, made it a really good game, and um, it was a great way to kick off the weekend. Unfortunately, though, not every game was like that. But we got plenty of drama in Bielefeld, and that's where we head next. Uh, they managed to pick up a 1-0 win over Nuremberg, uh, Konstantin Kirschbaumer on the score sheet. Once again, his eighth goal of the season, eight goals, four assists for the on-loan Brentford man. He's been absolutely superb, really, really good. And I'm excited to see where he goes in the summer because he has said that he feels really, really good in Bielefeld. And I think it's a shame because they just don't have the funds to keep him at the club. You know, Samir Abi has come out and said that you know, it's just probably not going to be physically possible because Brentford are going to look for a million euros or so now that um, he's come out and performed this way. But still, while they have him, why not keep pushing on and try and get promoted? Because the only way they're going to keep him by the looks of things is by getting promoted. And at the moment, they have a chance. It was a really, really good performance from them. Really, really solid defensively. And I think that was Probably the most important and most impressive thing for, from their point of view was uh, to put in such a, you know, a strong defensive performance. And Stefan Ortega wasn't really tested throughout. Um, there was a couple of scars for Nuremberg, but they look lost in attack at the minute, which is really, really concerning. They just don't look like the side, you know, that we've seen so much good things from earlier on in the season. And I don't think it's down to Mikhail Ishak's, um his absence, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I just think generally they're all round play. It's just not up to the standard that it was beforehand. And I think that's really, you know, it's a shame to see. And I think that Kevin Mouvald, um, the speculation of him going to, to Werder Bremen, 
that hasn't helped at all. And I think the timing of that, especially given the magnitude of that game, it, it was really, really poor. And I think, you know, when it comes down to it, um, they might look at that as of having affected their, their mental abilities going into the game. Of course, he had to go off injured for Eduard Leuven. He came on, was was okay, wasn't anything special, but they really are missing that spark at the minute. And I'm not really sure how they get that back. I think Ishak, while it's not him that's missing, I think the system worked so much better with him in it. And, you know, heading to Darmstadt, they have been dogged to the extreme in their last three or four games. And they're certainly not going to give up any points easily at all. So that's going to be one to watch. The Friday games, plenty to talk about. Not as many goals as we're used to on a Friday, but let's head into the Saturday fixtures. And from our action on Friday, we head to the Saturday games, and we'll start that off in Hamburg with St. Pauli. They picked up a 0-0 draw with uh, Eintracht Braunschweig. Probably a good result for both sides. I mean, Braunschweig on their day can be very, very good. They had their chances in this one. Suleiman Abdullahi hit both posts. Very, very unlucky from a Braunschweig perspective. But equally, they had to put in a very, very good defensive shift on the day. And um, Dengaga, um, Valzik and uh, Yasmin Fejic were absolutely superb. As they always are, really. Three of the, the most consistent defensive players in the league. And I think that's shown through. Although St. Pauli did manage to create uh, a, a few good chances. Sami Alagui, as is Boadou's. Uh, both unlucky not to be on the score sheet, but that's been been the problem for both sides. You know, defensively, within reason, St. Pauli have been fairly good, but at moments they've let it slip. Braunschweig have been very, very good up until when it comes to scoring goals, and of course that has also been a problem when it comes to St. Pauli strikers. So two teams that definitely should be higher up the, the table than they are, but for one reason or another haven't quite managed to get there. Very, very frustrating for the two teams, though, because we all know and we all seen, you know, what they can be capable of, what St. Pauli have done last season under Olaf Janssen and, you know, a fairly decent start this time round. Um, um, Braunschweig were absolutely superb last season and then it all slipped away, unfortunately, in the playoff against Wolfsburg. So reason to be cheerful for both sides, but uh, I, I think they might just fall short of the promotion places this time around, although... We never really know because at the end of the day, this league is so, so close at the minute. And that's why we love it so much. It's, you know, entertainment from start to finish. And another side who could have been in the promotion mix had it not been for Marvin Duxch's goal was VfL Bochum. And as strange as that sounds to say, given that they would have been a huge uh, seven points behind, although they would have sat in 15th. Uh, which seems, you know, remarkable to say that a team in 15th is is in with a shot of reaching third, but that's just how it goes. They they picked up a 1-1 draw against um, Holstein Kiel. Good game, really, really good game, actually, from start to finish. There was plenty of chances, plenty of entertainment, and uh, plenty to keep everyone interested throughout the game. Bochum continuing to do well under uh, Robin Dutt, which I think is uh, really, really good from their perspective. You know, it was... It was tough under Razioski and uh, Dutt, to his credit, I really didn't think he would do it. But he has, he's turned things around and um, Bochum looked like a completely different side than, than they were under Razioski. And probably more importantly than than what was uh, happening for um, 
for uh, Razijewski is that you know they are taking some chances now. It was a it was a while before Bochum were were able to score on a consistent basis, and you know that's a, a couple of games in a row now where they've managed to get a goal. But equally, that's also what's letting them down at the minute. They have failed to score, you know, relatively simple chances, and that's what's holding them back from being further up the table. Holstein Kiel had uh, Dominic Schmidt to thank for for managing to um, to keep them in the game. A great block from uh, Toto Lucia on the line, and then um, he managed to get his head literally straight in the forehead <laughs> from uh, Kevin Stuger's free kick. So credit to him; he was my man of the match. And um, Kiel came back into the game well. Bochum, in my opinion, my humble, honest, unbiased opinion, deserved to win that one, but. Um, uh, Keel hung in there, did well, and uh, Marvin Dukes could have had a second goal, but it uh, wasn't to be. Um, our third Saturday game, the third of the four, because uh, thankfully we had no Montag spiel. Um, foot uh, a 2-1 win for them against Kaiserslautern. Can't underestimate the importance of that result uh, for the Shamrocks. That's absolutely huge in terms of them moving away from uh, from the relegation zone and their form of late has been incredible. Four wins out of five and the other game a draw. They're not lighting the world, you know, they're not setting the world alight, but equally, you can't really ask for much more from Damir Boric's men at the minute. They have been superb. Absolutely excellent. Kaiserslautern, uh, it, was, it was just one of those games where you look at two things that have really affected Kaiserslautern's season. The start under Norbert Meyer. And the inability, should I say, to um, to get past the sides around them. We saw it a couple of weeks ago in Awa. We saw it this weekend again in Fuert. It's it's those crucial crunch away games that have really come back to bite them. But you know, equally, if they go and beat um, St. Pauli this weekend, we could be looking at another completely different situation at the bottom of the league. Um, from a Fuert perspective, though. Fantastic, absolutely excellent. That front four of Green, Ernst, Nahai and uh, Riza, it's so dynamic, so different. Each player can can play in the other position and I think that's part of the the reason that they've been so successful is it's so hard to keep tabs on on those uh, four players and, you know, it shows with the the trouble that they cause other teams' defences. And... uh, yeah, I think uh, Julian Green deserves an awful lot of credit for how he's managed to turn himself around. Um, obviously, he had so had problems at, at Bayern, had problems in Stuttgart, and um, ever since then, since moving to foot, he, he seems to have really settled down, really got into you know the important stuff of, of just playing football and getting down and doing the dirty work, and that's not to say that he didn't before, but now he, he's reaping the rewards, and Long may that continue from his point of view. Brandon Borello, once again, um, Kaiserslautern's standout player for me at the weekend and uh, another assist for him. Will it be too little too late, though? We'll have to wait and see. And the final game of uh, what was not a goal-filled Saturday, but still a very interesting one for talking points and debate, was uh, Darmstadt's 1-1 draw with Ingolstadt, um, the main talking point in that one was a very debatable penalty that um, Tobias Kempa duly converted. It was um, Fabian Holland was running back, and um, let's just say there wasn't too many, too much in the way of contact on his ankles. But he went down. The referee gave it, and um, Kempa, to his credit, managed to to stay calm and slot home what was a really pressure penalty. Um, 
it was actually quite a decent game. You know, there was periods where it was quite tough and tense and, you know, given how the sides have been for performing recently and, and you know, Darmstadt's big fight to, to try and stay in the league, it was sort of what I expected it to be, really. Although, in saying that, it was, um, you know, they created plenty of chances as well. They were unlucky. Kempa hit the post. Um, from that chance, you know, Marcel Gauss almost put through his own goal. There was chances in the second half. Newland had to do well. Um, G missed quite a few openings, which was, was you know, disappointing from, from his point of view. Ingolstadt switched to a 4-2-3-1. Looked an awful lot better than they have done in recent weeks, and... When they got that goal through um, Robert Leipatz, who I think should be playing an awful lot more, um, they seemed to light up. And I think, you know, that 4 2 3 1, a little bit more attacking than Ingolstadt's um, very manful 4 3 3 with um, three very hard working midfielders. I think that's a change that we could maybe see um, going forward into recent and, and into the next couple of weeks. I, th- I thought Sonny Kittle. Um, in that central role, it gave him a little bit more freedom. And he was able to move where he wanted to. And, you know, we've seen that with a great assist for, for Leipzig at Steik. And um, I think there's more to come from Ingolstadt if they can keep playing that way. It'll be interesting to see how they do when Stefan Kuczka and um, Dario Lizcano come back. But um, Moritz Hartmann, for, for filling in his first start in a while, I think he did okay. And, um, yeah, plenty to look forward to for, for those two two teams going forward and uh, not necessarily for all the right reasons Uh, from there we'll go to the Sunday games and on to the Sunday games now and much like the rest of the weekend not many goals but still plenty of talking points Jan Regensborg they're the side that sit in fourth now and are the closest challengers to Kiel after they picked up a 2-1 win over Sennhausen. Sennhausen's form really starting to worry me now. It's uh, only one win in six. They've really dropped off the pace and the and the high bar that they'd set themselves earlier on in the season. The clean sheets aren't coming as easily either and uh, the goals that they conceded didn't look and reflect well on what has been a very, very solid back four otherwise this season. Otherwise, uh, Regensburg, uh, Jan Regensburg, um, what can you say? Another home win for them. One of the strongest sides in the league when it comes to, to playing at their own ground. And Joshua Mies, uh, two goals for him. A brace, um, great to see. Uh, talk of him possibly staying on at Jan come the end of the season. He is, of course, on loan at Hoffenheim at the moment. I think his deal runs until 2018, 2019, sorry. So we'll have to see how that one develops over time. But a couple of three, four key loanees on at uh, on Jan's books. And I think if they could get them to stay, get them to, to buy into the project, they could be looking at a very exciting season next year. And of course, who knows, they could be in the playoff once again. They managed to, to beat um, 1860 Munich last time round. Who's to say that they won't do it again if they get there um, this year in the in the Bundesliga playoff? Um, yeah, so uh, another good win, another solid win. Akim Bierlotz uh, deserves so, so much praise for the excellent work that he's managed to do uh, in Regensburg. Um, did not expect this whatsoever. And uh, it just seems to be continuing. Kokak, I think, Keenan Kokak, uh, the Sandhausen coach, I think they're suffering a little bit from fatigue. It, it, it's tough for them with the amount of injuries that they have at the moment. And I think... Um, 
that and a very very good start is um starting to come to a little bit of an end but you know Sandhausen have surprised me this season as well and when I thought they were going to hit a little bit of a blip they managed to come back again and uh, Sahin Agunyes, um good for him to get on the score sheet as well it's nice to see the goals being spread around of course that has been the theme since um, Lucas Huller left and you know what what Kokak wouldn't give for um, one of their uh, their forwards to, to start and find the net on a regular basis uh, two other sides who well one other side for sure who should be looking higher up the table anyway is Union they were held to a nil-nil draw by Erzgebirge Aue, the two teams in their 400th Zweite Bundesliga game, respectively. Uh, and it was one for the goalkeepers, really. It, um, the strikers had plenty of chances, but just couldn't find a way past um, two of the league's best. Uh, Daniel Messenhula recovered really, really well after that mistake in Kaiserslautern last time out that cost them a share of the spoils. Um, he made a couple of really good saves. Martin Menel, as we expect from... Uh, you know, probably one of the most underrated keepers in Germany had another great game. No goal for Steven Skripsky this time round, and you know, with, without Sebastian Polter, and if Steven Skripsky goes on uh, a poor sort of run, then you know, Union are really struggling for goals. Akaki Gogoya hasn't really lived up to expectations. Philip Hosnier, um Hosnier, um hasn't found the net at all really with any sort of regularity since he joined. So. For their sake, hopefully they can get back to goal-scoring ways and um, fix what has been quite a quite a poor season. They've missed a couple of chances now to really close the gap on Kiel, and I think you know it is the story of the season. The big traditional clubs have missed the chance to go on and and do something special and you know get back up into the league. Nuremberg and Fortuna will probably do that, but you know that third place has been there for the taking for the vast majority of the season and. It's one of those ones where Kiel, their run has has proved the difference at the moment. We'll we'll wait and see if that can continue. But um, for the moment, they they are where they are. Awa, on the other hand, um, another solid defensive performance, which is good for them. You know, a couple of weeks prior, they'd been chipping goals left, right, and centre. Now much more solid, and also look a threat going forward, which was a really big problem for them. Um, Good to see Pascal Cook is still looking lively. He didn't get on the score sheet this time round, but um, good nonetheless that, that he's making a difference up front. And finally, the uh, the biggest game of the weekend was the Strassenbahn derby uh, between MSV Duisburg and Fortuna Dusseldorf. Um, the league leaders uh, came out on top on that one as well. It was a um, a 2-1 win for Fortuna. A strange game, really, Um very little happened in the first half. Um, a couple of pot shots from distance and then what was a, a stunning goal from Reuven Hennings opens the scoring from, from 25 yards out left. Mark Flecken with no chance. Second half, um, a little bit more open. Not too much though. Um, Kingsley Onuegbu was um, the main man up front for um, Duisburg in the second half. He looked lively. He looked to cause problems. He, you know, A couple of volleyed efforts um, in the second half went narrowly wide. So from that perspective, I think Duisburg can feel a little bit um, hard done by that they they maybe didn't have more to show for their efforts. But Fortuna, to their credit, um, stayed professional, done their job, and Takashi Osami um, got that second goal just before the 90-minute mark. And then Boris Tashi managed to make it a little bit uncomfortable towards the end, and one of those Onuegbu chances narrowly missed, uh, missed the goal. But 
Fortuna just keep on winning. They just keep on getting over the line when it matters most. And I think that's the difference between them and Nuremberg at the moment and probably over the course of this season is Fortuna have been able to win ugly, really, really ugly when it's mattered. And that's not, not a criticism of Fortuna at all. I think it's, you know, to their power. That's what champions do. And they've done that. And without Florian Neuhaus in midfield, um, he was on the bench and uh, Benito Raman wasn't in the squad so you know if you're doing it without two of your best players uh, away to your your local rivals in um, what is a massive game for them as well as yourselves I think that speaks volumes of um, where Fortuna are heading and you know I think it's going to be really difficult for them this season but next season in the Bundesliga but you never know it um, it'll certainly be interesting to see um from a Duisburg perspective, uh, somewhat disappointing their recent form. I think you know it's been a very, very tough, tough couple of weeks uh, in terms of who they faced and uh, you know the results that they've picked up. But you know there's still plenty of positives to to take hold of, and I think now that they've got you know those big, big games out of the way, I think we'll start and see them improve and hopefully kick on towards um, catching Kiel once more. The one thing I would say is Gerrit Nalba. The backwards header that uh, caused that Stefan Kutschke goal that made Svita Bundesliga go viral and um, then another mistake that led to Reuven Henning's opener. Really surprising that he's made two high-profile mistakes in, in recent weeks and I think it's a shame for a defender who has been consistently excellent otherwise this season. So hopefully he can bounce back as well. Now it's time for your questions. And of course, the part of the podcast that perhaps some of you will listen to a little bit more intently than others. Um, of course, it's where I sign off, so you're probably glad to hear the end of me talking. But um, yeah, it's time for your questions. So without further ado, there's only a couple this week, so we'll go for them pretty quickly. I have a few questions for you to answer, so hopefully you can get back to me, give me your responses, and we'll see what you think of those. But for now, it's it's time to hear from you. So, uh, Lumpy on Twitter asks, Will Fortuna get promoted at Schnatterer's home? That is, of course, at the at Heidenheim's home ground. And um, I think there's every reason Fortuna could get promoted even before that. I think, you know, that would be a nice way to crown things off. And, um, yeah, I think Fortuna are destined to get promoted. I can't see them, you know, losing that now. There's a, there's a big enough gap between themselves and Nuremberg already. And that's only grown between themselves and Kiel after... You know, maybe a few doubts had started to creep into the mind, but, you know, I think losing top spot was enough of a, a kick up the backside to get them going again, and um, we've seen them kick on really well. So credit to Fortuna for that, and uh, hopefully for your sake, they can do it at Mark Schnatterer's home. Uh, Kevin asks, what is going on in Zweite Bundesliga? And what about the pitches? So if you haven't seen it, uh, notably Fortuna, actually, just on the when we're talking about them, They've had a bit of a torrid time this season ever since the Rolling Stones decided to turn up in Dusseldorf. And um, yeah, this is pitch number three we'll be on to this season. So hopefully this one sticks an awful lot better than the last one. It only got six games before it had to be torn up again. But I think the main problem with um, the pitches this season has been the weather. You know, the beast from the east at least. That's what we called it in the UK is um, something that uh, has, you know, affected games here. And I'm, I'm more than sure that it's um, affected the pitches in Germany as well. So I just think that's, you know, one of those things where Mother Nature um, takes her toll. But um, it's, uh, 
it's uh, one of those ones where we're we're going to have to just deal with it if it comes to that. I think Fortuna have been fortunate that they've, that they've been offered the chance to to train inside um, their stadium and. You know, it's one of those great things about having a roof, uh, but I think that's only made the pitch worse. But you know, it was their only alternative, really, in that sense. So I can't really, you know, say anything bad about them on that front. Um, Kevin also asked, "What is going on inside the Bundesliga?" Good question, and that is one of my questions this week. Um, on a postcard, what would you put and explain to someone this side of Bundesliga season? I can't do it. I've tried many, many times, and. Uh, yeah, it's been one of the craziest football seasons that um, I've ever had the pleasure of witnessing. So if you have a nice short summary of Zweite Bundesliga this season, let me know. Uh, Mark, who went to Union at the weekend, Ross Dunbar will be very happy to hear that you had a great time there. Really, really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, if anyone hasn't been to the Stadion under Alton Fosli, definitely go. It is a cracking ground. Lovely, lovely people. Wonderful football people as well. They know their stuff there. And um, it's great to, to spend any time there that you can get. Um, unfortunately, when I went, Bochum decided to lose. So, mixed memories for me, but largely positive. And try to avoid going in the winter because apparently they don't salt the path that goes past the river. And I almost ended up in the river. So, be careful. <laughs> uh, Eskender asks, um, what is my opinion on Fabian Close? I think... He, he was hinting that, um, was he a football got or otherwise? I think in terms of lower league football, you could maybe put him in and around Mark Schnatter as one of those guys who never really hit it off in, in top-level football. Of course, Mark Schnatter has never got that chance, really. And, you know, it, it's another solid player in the lower leagues who has just got down, got their head down and done their work. And I think especially for Armenia Bielefeld, he has been, you know, very, very good uh and it's really good to see after you know the incident after the the Dynamo game, he bounced back so well, played a crucial role as you know yourself, Iskander, you said in setting up what was the winner against Nuremberg. So good to see, and I think you know when we look back, um, he's going to be one of those characters that um, we always fondly remember. And St. Pauli stats, um, a very good Twitter account. I would recommend them highly. They've said, "Is the Lauten resurgence over?" Of course, St. Pauli play Kaiserslautern this weekend, so plenty of attention on that one. I don't think so. I think especially at home with um, the Betsa crowd behind them, I think they're a different animal. Um, I think it's maybe we're going to see Brandon Borello go out to the left again uh, come come kick off this weekend and see Philip Mvene, um go back onto the right with Benjamin Kessel going to right back. I don't think Ruben Jensen really had the desired effect against Greuther Furt, so I think we'll see them go for it. They really have to go for it now, given their situation, so I don't think so, unfortunately, from a St Pauli perspective, that um, the resurgence is not over. Now, along with my postcard question about what do you think of the Bundesliga this season? I have two more questions, and that's us. Um, so, we're keeping it simple. Who is your player of the Rookrunde so far? Plenty of candidates for that. And who is your signing of the January window? Plenty of candidates there as well. I think that's going to be, you know, two, three questions to really get you thinking. And, uh, yeah, let me know. And just two more little bits of information just before I go. Andre Hoffman, we wish him all the best after his testicle operation following the win against Duisburg. And uh, Lennart T., 
helping out a leukemia patient. He will miss uh, Venlo's game against against PSC this weekend um, in order to uh, donate blood. And the hope that he is a match for a leukemia patient. And of course, I'm sure you all want that to be the case. So from me, uh, that is all. I hope you enjoyed. It'll be a little bit later when this one, this episode comes out. So apologies on that front, but um, I hope you enjoy nonetheless. Cheers.